Thank you for pulling into the Hope Station. I am your host, Diane Bells. The Hope Station is a place to hear amazing interviews, great transformational stories, and learn about the power of faith and hope to change your life. A podcast that proves living purposefully is possible. Are you ready for your own transformational story? Do you want to turn a new chapter in your life or career? There's hope. Schedule a free consult call with me to stop feeling hopeless and gain the hope you need to have the life you deserve. Information of how to schedule that appointment is in the show notes. You can also connect with me through my website, Diane Bells, uh, D-I-A-N-E-B-E-L-Z.com. Are you ready for another great interview? Have you ever felt hopeless, like nothing good could ever happen again? Well, I have, and that's why I created The Hope Station. Each week, you will hear amazing stories of hope from people just like you, people who have transformed disastrous, disappointing, and depressing events in their lives into messages of hope, turning tragedy to triumph, pain to purpose, crisis to new careers all through the power of hope. So sit back, relax, and pull into the Hope Station, the place where you can refuel, refresh, and realign your hopes and dreams. You're listening to Episode 1 of the Hope Station Podcast. Does forgiveness have the power to heal? Do miracles really happen? My guest today, Irene Bryant, believes that the answer to these two questions is yes. And she's living proof to both the healing power of forgiveness and that God's miracles are still happening. In today's podcast, Irene will share with you her story of being diagnosed with throat cancer and her reaction to being told that she only had months to live. 24 years later, she's still going strong, proving her doctors wrong, and she now declares that only God can determine the length of our days. Irene was healed body, mind, and spirit, and now she is helping others to heal through the power of forgiveness. So join me now and the healing and hopeful conversation with Irene Bryant. So Irene, will you share your story that you were hopeless and how you are here today to help others? In 1998, September, I was diagnosed with stage four throat cancer, already metastasized to the lymph nodes in my neck, given a few months to live. Wow. Now, if you had that diagnosis, would you feel hopeless? <laughs> I think a lot of people yes, would. <laughs> absolutely. But you're here to talk about it. <laughs> I am. And uh, what I say to doctors today is don't take people's hope away. You Ooh. tell them they have a few months to live. Most people will believe you. Give up hope and go home and die. Oh, that With is hope. Without hope, we're done. But with hope, 
the possibilities are endless. Said, okay, God, I'll do whatever you want. You are either going to heal me or you're going to take me home to heaven. Right. Either way, I win. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, God filled me with peace and joy. 99.9% of the journey. There was only one or two times I felt a little bit of fear. And that night, I heard God say, no treatment. No treatment. Okay. So I said, okay. But he showed me, change my diet, no sugar, no meat, no meat, no dairy. For two years, that's what I did. But the biggest thing I did was forgive an abusive husband, mentally and emotionally abusive. And that, you know, that took a while, but God showed me how to set boundaries as well. So that was major. And um, so for 15 months, I just did what I felt God was telling me to do. Diet, attitude, forgiveness, prayer. There must have been at least 800 or more people praying for me. Wow. And 15 months after the diagnosis, I had a dream where I was in the bottom of a deep, dark pit with a huge snake coiled around me, mm. trying to snuff out my life. Mm. I looked up and a flaming white sword came down and hacked up the snake. I crawled to the top. There was a big cross there with the words, let Jesus do it. <laughs> yeah. Right, you are my healer. The next morning, I said to the Lord, okay, I'm not doing another thing until you tell me what to do. Two weeks later, I heard him say, do what your husband wants you to do. I said, what? He doesn't listen to you? <laughs> He said, trust me. I said, okay. So by then, he had, my husband had softened a lot and was more supportive. So I told him about it. And he said, well, it doesn't make sense. But I think we are to go back to the cancer clinic. Because they wouldn't see me when I wouldn't do their treatment. Well, we got an appointment and they wanted to cut out my tongue and voice box. Yeah. They didn't think they could get all the cancer either. Because it had spread and then down a bit. I said, no way. I'm a speaker. I'm in ministry work. I'm not doing that. I'll be healed to go home. Thank you very much. <laughs> the doctor just rolled his eyes at me. I said, what's next? He said, radical radiation might, might slow it down a 30% chance. Those aren't good odds. No. But he left the room. I just prayed about it. I said, okay, God, what do you want? And I had peace for the first time. When you are facing a major decision, be sure you have peace. If you have peace, even if it seems ridiculous, if you have that peace, it's probably the right way to go. Yeah. If you have angst, then it's either not the way to go or you need more information or it's not the right timing. So there's steps to take. Peace is very important. Right. And God has told us, you know, that it's not the peace in the world. It's the peace he gives us is so greater. And uh, the main message, of course, is that relationship with Jesus, not the religious 
rules of man, but the relationship makes all the difference in the world, especially when we've learned to hear God's voice, trust the message, take action, and then receive his best. So I agree to the radiation. Huh. <laughs> 35 major treatments. So it's every day for seven weeks, except weekends. This was one huge radiation burn when I was done. I was in the hospital the last three weeks. A feeding tube didn't work. I said, get that thing out of me. And I could hardly eat anything. Mucus building up, pain galore. And um, after those six or seven weeks, I was totally exhausted, 98 pounds on 400 milligrams of morphine. And I still had cancer, tiny bit smaller, totally exhausted. Oh, my gosh. Six weeks later, 300 women prayed for me at a women's conference. I left. That was on the Friday night. On the Sunday, I went back, had more prayer and left two blocks away. Everything inside of me said, go back. You're not complete. I went back and waited. Pastor put her hand on my neck and said, Jesus is all she needs. And I thought, what kind of a prayer is that? <laughs> but then this heat went through this whole area, tremendous heat. And you know, the dream, let Jesus do it. The prayer, all she needs is Jesus, tremendous heat. I went back three days later to the cancer clinic for my checkup. And the doctors were shocked. They said the very best we hoped for was to slow it down. And it is totally gone. Gone. Wow. So I was totally healed 22 years ago. And God has used it ever since to bless other people, to encourage them. Uh, I was speaking. I, I wrote a book. Finding hope in the midst of adversity. But hundreds of people have given me feedback. And there's a chapter on, the first chapter is the journey. The second is on forgiveness. You know, and it doesn't matter what faith we are across the board. We, forgiveness is very important. Unforgiveness, resentment, bitterness. Remember what someone said once, I don't even know who. It's like drinking poison. Yes. yes. Expecting the other person to die. Right. <laughs> just eats away at us. So I just help people. If there's anything in your life, any of that resentment of business, it hurts our immune system. It hurts us. doesn't hurt the other person. So, and forgiveness does not condone abusive behavior. Can I ask a question? Is this the same Husband who the Lord told you to listen to him? That was who I was married to. It was my second husband. Okay. And uh, I thought we were going to make it because he had really uh, come around and softened. But after I was healed, his abusive behavior just started all over again and worse. And, um, you know, finally, I just said, Lord, what am I to do? And um, I, he just released me. At one point, I finally said, you know what? You have to do something about your anger. I'll work with you. We can do whatever we can. Uh, otherwise, you're going to have to leave because I'm not getting sick again. Right. And so he did leave. But you know what? Forgiveness again. I could go and visit him today and his, uh, other, his other wife and be welcome. 
Okay. It's, it's amazing. And even in a divorce, I knew I had to get a bulldog of a lawyer or I would be in deep trouble. <laughs> I didn't do half the stuff that lawyer wanted me to do. But, um, and then when we were signing the divorce papers, both of us went to a different lawyer that we had used for our um, boat purchase and our house purchase. And the, and the lawyer said to me, well, I mean, you had a bulldog of a lawyer. I didn't, you know, I wasn't out to destroy my husband. I just wanted a fair win-win situation. Tell me about forgiveness, because I really believe, and I've seen it in my own circumstances, the power of forgiveness and what unforgiveness does to you. So mm-hmm. my mother had so much hatred mm-hmm. towards her father. My, my husband would say this, and I would say it, that that spirit of unforgiveness, he said it's that poison. And right before she had passed away, she uh, had broke her hip. She was in a nursing home. And, you know, my mother had Alzheimer's, so really had conversations that were realistic. It was real. And I'm sitting beside her and I was reading the Bible to her, the book of Psalms. And she woke up, she looked at me and she said, everything is okay. And like this piece, you, you could just see it in her body. It was okay. And I looked and I said, yes, it is, mom. It's okay. So she slipped back into her coma state. And 20 minutes later, she looks at me and said, I'm dying, aren't I? I'm like, yes, you are, mom. She said, okay. That's the last time she spoke. But you can see that battle that I believe it it just is painful. And we've all had stories that we believe that are unforgivable. And Christ was pretty clear about this. And even in the Lord's Prayer or the Our Father, I don't know what people call it, you know, you will be forgiven as you forgive others their trespasses. Yes. And I, I want to do like, uh, we used to do high-low water, you know, with jump ropes when we were a kid. I said, I want to do the one where you just skip over. I don't want to have all those, the pain of unforgiveness and what it does to you. Oh, so yeah. talk a little bit about what you feel the relationship between your cancer and that unforgiveness and how that forgiveness was actually the cure to it. Well, first of all, I think one of the reasons I even had throat cancer was back then, I didn't know how to set boundaries. I didn't know how to stand up for myself. And um, I was also in ministry work. I had gone through Bible college. I was planting the church. I was preaching. So I had this over here as ministry. I had this situation at home. What better way for the devil to get me than to take my my throat? (laughs) You know, and, and shut me down. Yeah, just shut her down. Yeah. And the forgiveness, unforgiveness, of course, the bitterness towards the behavior, because it didn't matter what I did or how much I, and I wasn't perfect. And I'm not blaming my husband. It just was where we were at, right? And, um, and God also showed me at the time how to see him, how God sees him. And I heard the Lord say one day, I don't like his behavior either, but I love him. Mm. And so it was important for me to love him past the behavior and set up some boundaries. You know what? That's not okay to treat me that way. When you can talk properly, then we can have a discussion. Right. You know? So, but I forget your question because I got got sidetracked. (laughs) 
<laughs> that was okay. Well, you, you were, it, it's interesting that you're saying you, you, you had like these two separate lives. You had your ministry life that things seem to be going pretty well. And then you have this home life that's painful. Yeah. You know, and, and it is true that if we realize that Christians that at times, if we're going to be, get, something is going to happen, that the devil's just going to try and take us out. Like yeah. he, he can sense that. So what uh, did you think that your was there bitterness or unforgiveness? I'm just seeing if there's a correlation, what you, what your belief is on that between your throat cancer and some other things that were going on in your life. Well, I think that the unforgiveness was a huge part of it and that the forgiveness was being obedient to God. And one of my favorite scriptures was, I will not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. Psalm 118, verse 17. And I've been doing that ever since. So, I, and when I'm counseling with people, um, what, you know, where is the unforgiveness in your life? Because that's what they need to start talking about and start sharing and not cover it up. Because the enemy will use it when we have it covered up. When we don't have any secrets, the enemy can't use it against us. And the other thing is we have the authority over the enemy. God has given it to us. Right. We have to use it. How we do that is very important. And I've been learning how to go into the courts of heaven, which is all scriptural. And God's the judge. I'm not. God sends his angels to do, you know, work. He wants justice. And, and but he's given us the, the power to, to um, say, no, devil, I am a child of God. I am loved. I am, I am healed. You know, and all the things that we are in Christ. So get out of here in Jesus' name. I don't have to yell at him. He, he has no authority. Just get out. So had a pain or this or that, and just say, hey, no, 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 I'm healed. Get out, devil. Get out of here. And now I think I've been under a little bit of attack, and, you know, I'm not stopping because I know God's given me another assignment, and that is to write the book Eternal Life Choices. And the subtitle, if you do not, if you don't know you have a choice, how can you choose? Right. Many people I don't. Back, uh, well, I want to talk about the book in a second, but I want to ask you a question too. Do you feel like mm -hmm. a lot of these secrets and this unforgiveness that there's a shame component to it? Like, I, I just didn't want people to know that this was happening. So you're holding that secret in. It's almost like it's choking you anyway. Yeah. And your voice is being somewhat stifled to hold that secret in. And what have you seen with the people that you worked with when they're able to, to release that? Oh, a, such a change. When they can share their story with someone that they can trust. Right. And it's not going anywhere else unless they get permission. Right. And they can share that and get that out. God just releases them. And when they even repent of holding it in, Repent of, of being disobedient to God because he has said, forgive, mm -hmm. so I can forgive you. Forgive <laughs> as I have forgiven, right? Yeah. So, just any, with, with that, if you had to share with people, what, what are some steps? Like, I know we have to be obedient, but what are some steps that you've used, Irene, to sort through that unforgiveness and, and release it? Was it an immediate, I'm going to forgive, <laughs> it went away? 
or were there was there a process? And if you yeah, could with some, they could see it right away, and they could do it from a heartfelt. You know, we can say, "Oh, I forgive so and so," in the head, but it's right. not true forgiveness. It's a step. Being willing to forgive is definitely yeah. the first step, and then God show me how. Give me whatever I need to be able to forgive. And if they're not a believer, they still need to forgive. And uh, I will share without pushing anything on them. And their willingness to forgive, their willingness to look at that is really important. One thing I did years and years ago, I think I think I knew the Lord, but not like today. I did an exercise where I wrote out 70 times seven. Okay. So for seven days, I wrote this out. I, Irene, forgive my father. You, Irene, forgive your father. She, Irene, forgives her father. I wrote those three statements out 70 times for seven days. And at first, not much happened, but then two or three days later, memories of my dad came up that I hadn't forgiven. And I thought, okay. And by the end of that week, I had no unforgiveness for my dad. It, it was gone. And then I did my mom, my first husband, because I wasn't even married again after that. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I wasn't married yet. So my first husband and myself. Okay. Sometimes we are the hardest ones to forgive, okay. to receive God's forgiveness at a heart level and know, hey, I am forgiven and I forgive myself. It reminds me of my son when he was uh, a teenager and I had I was still feeling guilty of things I had done when my son and my daughter were, were growing up and, you know, the shame, you talk about shame, <laughs> not a good mother. And I remember my son saying, Mother, we have forgiven you. Will you please forgive yourself? <laughs> you said that when you were forgiving, that you were you were seeing where those areas of unforgiveness are. So yeah. here, here's another question. How do you know that you have forgiven? What are some things that you can feel or know or what... What would that be? Well, first of all, I believe God's word where he says, when we've repented and asked for forgiveness, we are forgiven and he doesn't remember them anymore. Okay. So that's He's one thing. Remembering. Yeah, God doesn't. I forget where that scripture is, but it says. If it's as far as the east is from the west. Yeah, and God doesn't remember. So, so why should I remember? <laughs> why should I keep beating myself up if God doesn't even? I'm forgiven in God's eyes. So therefore, I better start seeing it that way, too. So then whenever a thought of unforgiveness or shame or anything else would come, and I would say, hey, wait a minute, I am forgiven. So get out of here in the name of Jesus. I'm not, I'm not going there. I don't need to go there. Now, if a thought would come up that I felt, oh, you know, maybe that's something that I haven't repented of. And maybe all I need to do is say, hey, God, this thought has just come up. I repent of that. And uh, I thank you for forgiving me. And even today, you know, I have something that I keep doing that I don't want to do. 
you have any lawsuits? And I said, what's going on here? There's a couple of them. One, when people cut me off in the fast lane. I don't like people going slow in the fast lane either. Or I'd say, oh, you idiot. And then I'd say, oh, yeah, I know. I'm not supposed to call them an idiot. But, Lord, they are driving like one. <laughs> that one. And sometimes a swear word comes out. The F word. <laughs> and you're only shocked yourself that that could come out of your mouth, right? I don't want to be doing that. But if I bump myself or if I do something or spill a glass of water, or, and it's so easy. And then I said, okay, I'm going to change that to a different word. And it's like, are you laughing at me, God? Or are you saying, hey, girl, come on. <laughs> something you don't need to change. And it is when you when you can watch yourself doing certain things, there is uh-huh. the, the power that you're giving yourself to say, pay attention to what you're doing. Is uh-huh. this who you are? Is this who you want to be? Yeah. And it, and it is a journey. Like, we're, we're never done. We think like, okay, you know, cancer is gone. I've forgiven. It's gone. And it's not because we have these years of things just laying dormant. And I think that the more that we release things, we allow more things to come up. Yeah, I think so. Like, okay. That's still something I, I need to deal with and, and take care of. So have you, in your experience working in this forgiveness, have you seen other people healed of of other kinds of emotional pain, physical pain, or illness and such? Uh, Yeah, definitely. And I I know one of my friends, 46, I mean, she did everything, uh, and forgiveness was part of it. She ended up dying of the cancer at 46, and they were strong believers I spoke at her funeral, but you know, also in Isaiah 57, 1, sometimes God takes home, you know, the, his, his beloved to prevent them from the evil that would befall them. And we're in a very evil world, but the peace that they had in their home and so much had really happened with that forgiveness. There's lots of healings, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, you know, not all physical, right? So that's part of it. And then one day when I was, I was, I was speaking for Christian women's clubs, which got shut down with COVID, but before COVID hit, well, probably 100, 150 people there, maybe. And after forgiveness was part of the talk, this lady came up to me and said, oh, she said, that was so powerful. I am going home to call my son and ask him for forgiveness. We haven't spoken to each other for over a year. I never heard from her, but I really believe that that was a healing moment for her and her son. And she said it was just a stupid misunderstanding. So they will talk about it. And and so what, what has really come out of all of that when I've been speaking with people and working with them is if they've got something there, do not be afraid to confront it. And how you do it is important. But if you're coming from a place of either asking someone to forgive you or you you want them or you want to forgive them and there's a misunderstanding or even if there's a hurtful thing, you know, when you did that, this is how I felt. And I want to get free of this. You know, I, I want us to come to a different level of communication. And you know, one pastor said once, I don't like confrontation, he said. But the consequences of not confronting are far greater than confronting and working it out. 
And, you know, when you ask someone to forgive you, they might not, but that's not your responsibility. Right. Your responsibility is to ask for the forgiveness from a heartfelt level. This is just such a great story. So tell a little bit, you have this book, Finding Hope in the Midst of Adversity, and then you're doing another book that I want to make sure that the listeners can find you on, you're say you're on Amazon with the one book. I'm just getting it out. I did start a Facebook page of Eternal Life Choices. So on there, I've um, going to put a little video. I've invited people to come and share have responded. I've also got um, videos of people who have died and gone to heaven. Some have been showing hell and come back and talked about it. Randy Kay, K-A-Y, that happened to him as well. And now he has a YouTube channel where he shares. And some of the stories are amazing. And it helps people to realize, oh, I guess heaven and hell probably does exist. <laughs> Love those stories. I wanted to have that story. I lost my husband of four and he oh. had a cardiac arrest. And the whole time that he was in the hospital and the whole time he was there, I just kept on my prayer, my hope. This is my, my faith and my hope was that he would have a near-death experience and he would come back and we would get to tour the country on his book about, you know, wow. the heaven story. And I wanted that so desperately. And even though I didn't get it, it put me in a really good place to be able to be there with him, be there with our immense family. He's one of 10. I'm one of six, lots of friends. The people at the hospital thought he was a celebrity. There were so many people showing up. And I, it kept me in a really good place that I kept on saying, I just hoped. I hoped and said, I, I, I hope, I have faith. You know, if he is to be healed, God will heal him. If he has this story that he wants Joe to tell, he will make sure he's here. And I think Joe had made the choice somewhere in that hospital that I'm choosing to go home. And it is. I love those stories, though. They, they're they just so powerful. And I love transformation stories. And even yours, you transformed, you know, you had cancer, a woman who went through some hardships in a, in a marriage, and you found the path to forgiveness. And then not only that, how you're transforming others life, Irene, by speaking up with it, telling them, you know, how painful secrets can be. And thinking, yeah. you know, to really hear these other experiences. I think this is the right time that we as Christians really need to stand up and speak yeah. out because That's there is a spiritual warfare going on. And so many people want to point the finger at other human beings, but it's not them. It's I not know. them. We don't even realize at times that we are working with the enemy. Just yeah. like you said, it's something simple like cursing someone while you're driving. That yeah. we decided that that team to switch sides, but God's given us the power to come back. Come yes. on back. I'm really sorry for that through repentance because yeah. it is a battle. We're human. Yes. And you've really shown the power of how strong faith is, forgiveness is, yeah. <laughs> and, and speaking about these stories that our testimonies are so powerful. Thank you. And, you know, one of the things when we do make those little mistakes or whatever the mistakes are, right. it keeps us humble because exactly. God doesn't like pride. And, you know, you can get to, oh, well, look at me. And no, no, no. You better stay humble. <laughs> Absolutely. Eternal life totally came from the Lord. 
okay, too many people are dying, not knowing. At least get the message out there. And so what if you say, well, I don't I don't really believe in the Bible. Okay, well, that's your choice. Have you ever read it? Or have you read one that's easy to understand? Or would you be willing to at least look into it? Or would you be willing to look at all the scriptures that give you on eternity? If not, okay, it's your choice. But what if the Bible's right? <laughs> I think that that's a good word because we use the word choice so often. And that's the beauty of God. And there were times I'm saying, I wish that you hadn't given me free will. <laughs> so I would make the right choices. But that's just the power of his love that he allows us to choose. We can either choose him or not choose him. And this, this is we're in such an immediate society is that we want what feels good now mm-hmm. and not realizing that all these now choices are going to lead to something eternally that's yeah. not what you would have chosen if you would have known that each one of these choices were taking you in a direction that you might not want to go. So exactly. I, I think it, it is a powerful word, eternal life choices. My sister always uh, will say to me, when you're you're in an argument or discussion, we're both widows. And her thing was when she her husband was doing something that might be frustrating to her, she said, in the light of eternity, is this really going to matter? <laughs> and 100 percent of the time, the answer was no. Perspective <laughs> about things. So this is just a short time. This is a season, whatever we're going through. What's the lesson that we need to learn? What's the lesson we need to teach? And how can we move forward, you know, constantly growing? Because that's what faith is. Faith is not keeping us stagnant and stuck. It's keeping us moving to talk about these challenges and these uh, problems that we have and just being a voice of wisdom. So you had so much wisdom that you share with me today, Irene. I love it. Some people don't even know that when they die, they don't die. Our spirit is our identity. And when we die, you're a body, you know, in our soul, but our spirit lives on. We don't even die. We just move from this world to either heaven or hell. So that's important to at least maybe realize. Okay. Well, I love that you're the eternal choice coach. Yeah, thank you. So really looking at, because it is, we're making decisions. Every decision we make is taking us closer or farther away from, you know, the destination that most of us believe we're going to go to, but not everybody will. You just blessed me today. That's for sure. Oh, thank you. I just think it's a really powerful and beautiful story. And I want to make sure that people who are, feeling fear and challenges that can reach out to you thank you thank you diane bless you bless you too i don't know about you but i love irene's story every part of it what i learned from irene has brought hope to my heart i hope that at 75 i'll still be going strong i hope that our listeners will learn the healing power of forgiveness and choose to forgive I hope that our listeners will share this podcast to others in need of hope. And I hope that Irene's newest book will bring others to Christ as they realize the lasting power of their eternal life choices. Irene's being generous, and today she is giving to our listeners a free chapter 
Be Bitter, Not Better, from her book, Finding Hope in the Midst of Adversity. You can click on the link to the show notes to receive Irene's download. Also, there's a link to her full book on Amazon. Next week's guest will also be talking about the hopeful power of forgiveness. Heidi will share the brokenness she felt from her daughter's drug addiction. Another great story of hope. Until then, I hope that you have a fantastic week and thank you for pulling into the Hope Station. Before you leave, I have another free gift for you. What are you looking for in your life? A new career? Stepping into your purpose? Restoring passion in your everyday life. Are you ready to step into the new life God has planned for you? And he does have a plan for you. And that gift is to experience the power of coaching. Coaching helped me through my painful journey when Joe, my husband, died. Coaching eased me through this transition to move to Florida. I wasn't sure why the Lord was bringing me here and what his plans were for me. Coaching gave me clarity. Coaching was essential in making the Hope Station podcast a reality. A dream came true working with my coaches. Coaching also brought hope to hundreds of my clients who stepped into their purpose and passion, and it all started with a free consult call. So schedule yours today. To schedule our Hope Chat, otherwise known as a coaching call, you can click the calendar link in the show notes or visit my website, dianebells.com. That's D-I-A-N-E-B-E-L-Z.com. This coaching call could be exactly what you need to ignite a spark of hope in your life. Hope might be just one call away. Why wait? Schedule your call today. Thank you so much for pulling into the Hope Station. Wasn't that a great episode? My hope is that this episode brought you hope. Do you want to be a hope giver? I hope so. And how you can do that is to share this podcast, post the episode on social media, write a review or rate the podcast. This helps engagement and boost the podcast out to other listeners in need of hope. So thank you. Thank you for participating. Thank you for helping. Thank you for being a valued listener. And my hope is that you have a great week.